In this special episode of This is the Author, Library Love Edition, hear these authors and familiar voices share why the library holds such a special place in their hearts. Enjoy. Hi, this is Mark Duplass. Hi, this is Jay Duplass. When I was 21 years old, I was a musician on tour by myself, living out of a van down by the river. This is all real. And I used to have these days to kill, and I didn't want to go to see movies because I didn't want to spend any money. And so I would stop off at libraries every now and then and just kind of sit and, and read books for a while. And what happened to me is the lonelier I got, the more and more I started to regress into reading things that were comfortable until I got all the way back to a book by Judy Bloom called Forever. That's about like a teen high school romance. And I reread it in the middle of the library and just had a massive sort of crying fit um, <laughs> reading a, a teen Judy Bloom novel as a, as a grown man. But I, it, was, it was awesome. I had a moment at the University of Texas listening library where you would check out a CD and then you would bring it to the front desk and they would put it on a channel. And then what you would sometimes do is flip other channels. And there was this guy there who was listening to deep cuts from Steely Dan. And that's how I discovered like how big and deep that band was. You crashed his channel. I crashed his channel and then brought it home to the swimming pool wow. that summer. Hi, this is Jan Chosen Bay's MD. My father was a professor of library science, and the whole family read. And we would go to where he taught at State University of New York and just read while we were waiting for him. Our entire house was jam-packed with books, including overdue books, you know, like the shoemakers, children, or missing shoes. Well, we had tons of overdue books. And my mother had to make a rule no reading at the table. So we couldn't have a book under the table and surreptitiously read. And these days, of course, she would be appalled by cell phones and forbid them at the table. My sister read every book in the house a couple of times and then read the entire encyclopedia and then finished by reading the dictionary because there was nothing left. So I loved being in libraries. It felt like home. I love the fact there were always more books to read. It was just a wonderful environment to grow up in. I still love books. I love audiobooks, and I love holding books in my hand. Hi, this is Stephanie Rosenblum. I do not have a single favorite library memory, but what I remember is the hushed atmosphere of the local library in my hometown where I mostly grew up, and the, the smell of the books, and the sense of discovery, walking through the stacks, reading the titles on the spines, waiting to see what would capture my attention and come home and live with me for a little while. And that was a magical feeling. Hi, this is Aaron Mankey. Growing up, my maternal grandmother was a librarian. So I actually got to spend a lot of time in my hometown public library exploring the sections that most people didn't get to go in, having free reign of, you know, all the books in the building and soaking up from her a love for reading and a love for story. And I'm very grateful for those experiences. So for me, 
it's super personal. It's, you know, it's that hometown library where my grandma worked. Claudia Renton. A favorite library memory. I spend a lot of my time in libraries. It's pretty much my happy place. So I have many, probably too many to recount. But I think there's always that moment when you're working on a book and you're sitting in the library and you suddenly have a vision of where the book is going. And there's a moment of intense excitement. I did a lot of the work for this book in the London Library, which is a very beautiful old private library up in the centre of London, near St James's. And that's somewhere that I knew that certainly Pamela used frequently to go to and would take books out from there. And that was a lovely image that I was working in a place where she had been. Hi, this is Nick Pineson. So it may be surprising to the listener, but for someone who handles routinely fossils that are 10, 20, 50 million years old, I get a lot out of handling 500-year-old books. We have many of them at the Smithsonian Libraries. And so it's an incredible treat to be able to find a reference deep in the literature and then walk down to our natural history library at the museum and be able to access and handle that 500-year-old book, a physical object that's been handed down through human generations. Yes, it's not at the scale of a fossil, but boy, is that really something special to be able to handle that kind of material. And I'm so thankful that we have the kind of institution that safeguards and protects that heritage that belongs to everybody. Hi, this is Rick Russo. My favorite library, of course, is the Gloversville Free Library, the library in the town where I grew up in upstate New York. Some of my fondest, earliest memories of the place were my mother taking me by the hand and walking me down to the library, which strangely enough was right across the street from a glove shop where my grandfather used to work. And I remember pausing outside the library with my mother, looking up at the fourth floor of this glove shop, which was where the glove cutters all worked, and knowing that that's where my beloved grandfather spent his Monday through Friday up there cutting gloves. And there was something about the fact that that was where he was, and it was right across the street from the library, most of the comfort of my young life was kind of knowing that, knowing where my grandfather was and knowing that he was close and safe. And then going into the library where my mother would patiently wait for me for, you know, a good hour to make my selections, you could take out, just imagine it, six books. They would allow you to take out six books. You didn't have to pay for them. I thought it was just the most remarkable thing in the world and kind of still do, <laughs> actually. And then years later, being left there alone, you know, to make my own decisions without any kind of supervision and realizing that if I snuck out of the kids' room and into the adults' room and over to the science fiction bookshelf that had rockets on the cover, which I was much taken with, and that I could go into the adult section of the library and no one, unlike in school, for instance, where they were trying to direct everything that I was reading and thinking, in the library, no one seemed to think it was odd that someone as young as I was, was browsing around in the adult books, finding things in there, finding whole new worlds and trusting me, trusting me to make my own decisions. It remains you know, that library, which I've had a chance to go back and do some work for because it needed all kinds of repairs. And they had a massive fundraising scheme a few years ago where they tried to raise what seemed to me to be an astonishing amount of money for such a poor community. But boy, the community rose to the occasion. And my library, this beautiful place, 
This magical place of my childhood, it looked like it might be raised for a while, but it was saved by the hard work of people in the community. It's one of the great debts of my life, that place. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening.